The announcement from the federal government beginning April the 1st, vaccinated travelers will not need to track down some kind of COVID-19 test on the last day before your vacation ends, making sure you get the thing. Is it within the right window? I mean, the kind of stress involved, if anybody, if you've traveled at all while this was in place, you know that that is an incredible amount of stress in terms of, I got to hit that, I got to hit that window. What if my flight is delayed? It's no longer good. What if I haven't gotten my results back? Well, that is gone as of April 1st. Here is the announcement from Canada's Minister of Health, Health Jean-Yves Duclos. We are now ready to announce further changes to border measures. Effective April 1st, 2022, fully vaccinated travelers will no longer be required to complete a pre-entry test for travel to Canada. Fully vaccinated travelers May still, may still continue to undergo random testing upon entry to Canada, but they are no longer required to quarantine while awaiting their results. Now, to add to that, incoming tourists, uh, those who are not Canadian, still need to be vaccinated to be able to visit Canada. All inbound travelers as well must upload their details to that Arrive Can app. Don't forget to do that. Don't forget to fill out your form. Well, is this a little too late? I think some people might think, oh, yeah, why, why is this only coming now? And at the same time, as we begin to discuss things like the lifting of the mask mandate in Ontario for most indoor settings on Monday, some people might be feeling, well, maybe it is maybe too soon. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Well, my next guest is a bioethicist with the University of Toronto, Dr. Kerry Bowman. Happy to be here. All right, let's begin with uh, the announcement and the elimination of testing or um, the elimination of almost all testing. There will be some random testing. Um, is this overdue, right timing? What's your feeling? You know, I, th I actually think this is overdue. Uh, you know, if you're going to have public buy-in and public support, and, and look, we've lost a lot of ground nationally in terms of, you know, public support and cohesion. We've become very divided. But here's the thing. I, you can understand why they wanted to do testing in the first place. They're trying to protect our health, safety, and well-being. But it went on for too long. The realities of Omicron is it's here. Uh, the vast majority of contagion, probably 90% plus, is within the country. So it makes a lot less sense. And boy, if you need public support, you've got to have really good reasons for why you're doing what you're doing. And look, not reasons from three months ago, reasons from right now, I think it's really good. And, and please remember, they're going to do random testing. That makes a lot of sense in terms of what's out there and what could be coming in. I think it's great news. Uh, some people are pushing back against the uh, exception for anyone who's not fully vaxxed. Do you, do you think that we should keep that in place, that it really only applies to those who are fully vaxxed? By the way, the, the minister was asked, is that two or three doses? And at this point, fully vaxxed in terms of federal regulations is still two doses. Yeah, no, I think that probably makes more sense um, than than you know the, than the other measures. I think that probably does. You know, the problem is what it means to be fully vaxxed in the weeks and months ahead, and even now, is very different than it meant a few months ago. And you know, we we know that with Omicron, it tends to be three uh, is is the most effective. But we also know that it's it's all over the world essentially now, um, and that could change in the months ahead. But the definition of fully vaxxed, I think, is going to evolve, and I don't know which way, but it's going to change for sure. Uh, the WHO has been pointing out that worldwide cases, especially in Southeast Asia, are on the rise. 
I, I, I wonder when I keep hearing this narrative about, you know, the pandemic is winding down, if we maybe haven't learned the lessons from the pandemic previously, which is every time we think it's about done, it comes back. Yeah. And look, it may come back this time as well. So the numbers on the rise, we don't really know. So the question is, you know, a, a lot of the Far East, the People's Republic of China, uh, you know, Hong Kong, these areas have been, you know, zero tolerance, very, very, very strict. So is Omicron just getting its foothold there? Um, you know, the challenge is we don't have great Canadian data anymore. So we really don't know. But the pandemic is not over. And, you know, Germany's seeing a huge rise in cases as well, but it depends on, you know, the quality of the data as well. So it's very hard to say. And, and look, I'm going to speak honestly here. Part of this is we're essentially giving up. Um, you know, Omicron has pushed us in this direction. And, you know, we've got other bigger problems in the world now with a war in Ukraine and things like that. So part of it really is our attention is just not on the pandemic the way it once was. Doesn't mean it's over. Uh, let me ask you the question that has been posed to a, a number of politicians, which is come Monday when the mask mandates lift in this province, when you go to the grocery store, let's say, for example, will you wear a mask? Mm hmm. Yeah, that is the question. So what's different come Monday in the province of Ontario is the mandate is gone. So what we're seeing, and I'm in touch with people, you know, in, in, in other provinces such as Manitoba and British Columbia, where the vast majority of people, at least in urban areas, are continuing to wear them. So we may not see a radical difference, but the mandate is gone. And I do, this is very emotional and we don't all agree on this. I think lifting the mandate is a good idea. Um, I, I think we really do have to figure out how to move forward um, on this. And we're going to have to show some real tolerance because if someone is choosing to not wear a mask, we have to accept that we, you know, we, we, we can't be enraged about it. And if someone is continuing to wear a mask, who knows what their story is? They can have vulnerability within their family. They don't feel personally safe. We've really got to show a lot more tolerance come next week on this front. But this, to, to your mind, is, is best handled at the individual level. At this point, I think it is. And, and, and again, I, I could be totally wrong when I say this, but I think we're going to see 80% plus of people wearing masks next week. Look, it's not 100%, but it's not as if they're going to be completely gone. The mandate is gone. And, you know, we don't know what lies ahead of us with this pandemic. We don't know if this is a ceasefire or the beginning of the end. And, and you know, if, in fact, worse is coming, and look, I, I totally hope it's not, we have to have rules and regulations that make a lot of sense. And, you know, just like the airport situation and the travel situation, if, if you don't have the solid evidence at the time, uh, it's best to not make these sort of ironclad rules at this point. Gary, great to talk to you as always. Please be well. Thank you. That's Gary Bowman, who's a bioethicist with the University of Toronto.